see most of the human race killed off because it is unworthy. It is unworthy of the gift of life. I don't care what society thinks. They're nothing anyway. They're no better than me. Until we have a safe word, we will not stop. But every time we hang out, there's a shit story out of the gate. But, dude, it's just like, if you don't have a bag, just get a branch and brush it so people don't step on yeah, it. but you get a lot of drunk people at night, and they don't see these shits. And they, that guy stomped that for three blocks. Yeah. Uh, Jason Rouse is safe for a guest today, Earl Skakel. Welcome to the show, Earl. Yeah, I'm the real motherfucking deal. <laughs> I'm the voice of the voiceless. I speak for the unspoken... So uh, if a couple more comics can get me too and move to Austin, uh, I might go on before midnight. I know. I'm moving to Austin January 1st. I don't blame <laughs> you. Great. It's just you one know. less guy I got to deal with. Yeah. Hey, look, we were in the same shitty paddle boat. I we mean. was throwing spots out the window for us. You know, honestly, it was Tripoli, Red Band, and Perez. That was my, my career in Hollywood, more or less. I mean, it's decent sets. It's tough to get spots here. I mean, I at one point now I'm an unknown comic, you know, for the most part. I was on four TV shows, four different networks, and I was still going on at twelve thirty. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, no, I remember sitting on public transit in in Toronto and people asking me for pictures and autographs. I'm on four shows, like. And uh, TV, anyway, there was enough, as much TV coverage I could have in the country, and I'm taking a subway and a bus. I'm broke. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a crazy business, man. It's, where, totally uh, crazy. it's barely a business. Well, now it is, uh, but in LA, I think if you can just wait it out, uh, you know, you'll be all right, because, you know, this will be over at one point. And then people aren't just going to move back from Austin to L.A. again, so... Yeah, look, at you know, you, you've, look, you've lived in the same apartment for, what, 10 years? No, years? right after 9-11. You moved into that place. It's the only way I know how to remember. Uh, so I'm here for life, because uh, stand-up's my love, but voiceovers, just 90% are done in L.A., so I have to stay here. Yeah, first of all, I can't really see you anywhere. Like, you're pretty local, local. Uh, yeah, I'm a local yokel. Uh, but yeah, and you're a hick to the rest of these folks. I mean, and I would, let's describe your neighborhood. Everyone is well, aware of Hollywood, but you're in a very specific part of Hollywood. I'm in the homo erectus part. Um, I am the only... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm the only straight guy in my building. Um, the only time I've ever seen you really... Authentically angry is when you catch people fucking in front of your door. Yeah. Well, it's just like, listen, I'm a horny guy, and uh, you know, I get it. But like, don't fucking blow a load right outside my doorstep. Eight people in my building have died of AIDS, and that's not a joke. So uh, I'm telling you this as I'm picking it's up a my health dog. concern. Well, I don't go in the pool. Do you, would you give me ten bucks if I picked that up with my teeth? <laughs> no, but I'd like to see you do it. <laughs> oh, there's a little bit on the back. Let me oh, get no, that for you, be. Lois. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's a. But I love living in the gay neighborhood. It's clean. Uh, but now there's so much crime because the homeless really? all come here. It's, it's brutal. Like, I can't wait to get out of here. When I lived at Church and Wellesley, which is pretty much. Your location in Toronto, Canada. Uh, you know, my girlfriend would be walking home at three in the morning, and I'd feel at ease. Well, well, this is Hollywood too. Well, now you have a lot of homeless here. Like it's yeah. brutal, and I'm not anti-homeless, but uh, 
you know, they're getting more desperate the colder it gets, which, you know, for in L.A., if it's, you know, high 40s, that's freezing to us. Uh-huh. So they're getting more uh, aggressive. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Confrontational, for sure. Um, I mean, it's so bad on this street alone. Did I take Lois at night in the car and we walk to Beverly or we go to Beverly Hills and I walk her? Yeah, and what's what's more dangerous place in Los Angeles and Hollywood Boulevard at three a.m. on a Saturday or any other day of the week? D- dusk oh, till I... dawn, it's a fucking you get your head blown off. Oh, absolutely! Fucking... I mean, there was a comic a Ooh. few years ago. Uh, I don't want to say his name because I'm sure he doesn't want to be reminded of this. But he was walking with his girlfriend Hollywood Boulevard. It's probably Two, three in the morning, and just they still don't know who did it. Just some gangbanger, I'll assume, just walks up to the girl, shoots her in the head, and walks off. I saw the surveillance. They had a shot by the W, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because I, I look at that was my, you know, I was down over by um, the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, so I'd come up there, and I remember just walking, going, "Fuck, man, somebody just had their brains blown out ten feet where I'm standing yesterday." Well, it's just, and it's a city-wide thing. I mean, uh, just the other night, I was at a 7-Eleven. I don't want to get too local for your out-of-towners, but it's an area called uh, West L.A., and I'm in there. Two black kids in hoodies come in and just start robbing the place. <laughs> no, I mean, it was just, they were so brazen. Yeah. They didn't care. The, the, uh, what are you going to do? And I thought, well, I, I want to do something because I hate... You know, a lot of these 7-Elevens are franchises, and they don't have a lot of money. Oh, uh, that yeah. Indian family up at Highland yeah. there, when they boarded up, that's when I bought my plane ticket. I knew if the 7-Eleven was closing it up, and not to mention, they all look like Vietnam vets because they've been drinking with the onslaught of the crazy people trying to rob them on the hour. Yeah, I mean, I so me and Chandler and the dog, we followed these two kids. And I thought, you know, I kind of could look like an undercover cop. I was like, I was going to give them money and say, just give me back what you stole. And uh, the one kid looked like he had a gun. I could just, my radar was off. And I was like, I'm not getting killed for this. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's, I mean. My friend's a firefighter and he brings an axe with him off the truck because he's not interested in being killed on the job. Well, my buddy, uh. I'll, I'll, I'll just say Mike. Uh, he used to write for Soldier of Fortune. So he would go on these drug runs with the DEA and, and SWAT and tactical teams, and they would give him weapons, I guess, just like a yeah. thank you. He gave me a Rambo knife, which I still have, and I carry it with me when I'm walking in a bad neighborhood with the dog. I'm sure that's a rad knife, but you know what the real knife is? Inappropriate Earl. Cobra. Well, I did that. That knife. Yeah, well, it's basically that. Uh, by the way, I'm trying to get that guy on my podcast, Brian E. Thompson. If you're listening, let's do it. <laughs> I'm telling you. If, no, I'm not kidding. Brian is not listening. <laughs> well, he might. Yeah, I didn't even hit record yet. What the up. fuck? <laughs> so, you well. Look, you look healthy. You've clearly been taking And I want to talk uh, skincare later, too. Oh, absolutely. It's well, not going to all be dredged on this, Earl. We're going to talk about dog shit. Uh, you know, kayaking. Well, when I put... Here's another utensil. Uh, are we going to the store? Yeah. Okay, let's... Uh... I feel like those, those parents had to go back to the school that their kids were shot in. Well, it's but... Columbine. It, that's I went by the store a few days after I was here. And, uh, dude, it's a museum with an open mic in the parking lot. I mean, I don't like how they're just putting up anyone in the window, but, you know... It devaluates it, but it, they're trying to, to stimulate me it, it. Yeah, of course. Look at... Hey, well, we, it's like... How many hours have we looked at? Look at... We, we have conversations in the daylight, but when we're down at the store, it's the grind. Well, it's like I uh, saw the other night a roast battle comic in the front window of the OR. This person should be nowhere near that stage. I get, like... Scabs. You got scabs. Yeah, well, it's like, I love hockey. Hockey's my favorite sport. If the NHL went to scab players, I would not play in it. Out of respect for the players. I just think... That's a great uh, analogy. I'm not even a sports person, but I get that. There's a... There's a, uh, a peg- Look. 
I you got to pay. I come from a family of like people that were in trades. You had an apprenticeship. You had to go through yeah. the process. You had to learn. You know, sometimes it was just taking a beating. I mean, I get angry, but you know, it took me 13 years to get past at the store, so I hold it a little more uh, closer to the vest than others who, you know, there's comics, recent people who've been past, took them two years, which is great. I and mean, let's look at that for a minute. Like, <laughs> listen, I uh, I came here to kind of fuck shit up a little bit. You right. Mean, I uh, when I first got to here, I really wanted to. Uh, you know. No offense, but I'm going to put my mask on right now. Oh, really? That guy's got ringworm. I know. That's, uh, he also has a tapeworm with syphilis. <laughs> Just I, right here. Do you uh, think I'm immune to most things? Well, I am. Um, you might be, and I think I am because I'm so healthy that uh, I'm not too concerned about catching the virus, but I'm careful. You know, I'm not like. Yeah, but you live around drag queens. You got to do an inch more than the average. Listen, at the gyms I work at, Corona's like number seven on the virus <laughs> list. <laughs> I'm good. No, but people don't know. Like they think, I don't know. Some people might think we're kind of being silly. It's a jungle, as you well, say. We out are. There. Well, my uh, brother-in-law outgunned. My brother-in-law has severe MS. It's, it's probably the worst case I've ever seen. Uh, he's not leaving where he is living now. Uh, and he got it. And he's, he survived. So, uh... Is he confined to a wheelchair? Yeah. It's, it's brutal. Okay, I mean, so it's not like he's getting his cardio going on the flip. No. And he was, he was a it's guy... He was a guy who was a cameraman on, like, Spielberg films. So okay. he was... Which is... You don't realize... Probably 60. Uh, you don't realize how in shape cameramen are. Uh, oh, yeah, you gotta be a half gymnast. I think we can run and make it. Yeah. Uh, but we I mean, are, those cameras are 60, 70 pounds that they gotta toll around for 12 straight hours. You know, uh, and that's what he did uh, on like Spielberg films. So, point of even bringing him up is. Rocky and Bullwinkle yeah. for the uh, listeners. We just passed the uh, He'll be in the 1961. Now, was that one of the racist cartoons or non-racist cartoons? Well, the Lo- Looney Tunes had some scandalous shit. Well, a lot. I mean, you're talking uh, that uh, it was a religious... Well, Disney was a known anti-Semite. And John Wayne was a racist. Oh. Yeah, but it comes with the hat. Come on. But, I mean, like if you look at some of the things that were... Like, I'm 52, so I grew up, like, in the prime of All in the Family. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're only three years younger than me. That girl's amazingly beautiful skin. Wow. Thank you. So pretty. I mean, there was a religious cartoon. I don't know the name of it, but uh, I can do a perfect... Star good... Wars? No. Well, even that was racist. Look at Darth Vader. They pinned it all on the black guy. Uh, yeah, but he was a white guy trapped in a black guy's mask. That's James Earl Jones, dude. What are you talking about? Yeah, but when they rip his face off, that wasn't James under the mask. Yeah, he was a high yellow brother. Uh, I think uh, uh, Darth Vader was a white actor, but with James Earl doing the voice. So, Yeah, I mean, the 70s, 80s, I mean, my favorite TV show of all time is a show, it was only on for three years, called The White Shadow. It's a show about a... um, white coach coaching in the ghetto and one of the more racist shows you've ever seen because is it like welcome back cotter but yeah. he's the n-word but uh well i mean oh they had some great i really try and turn everyone on the white shadow because for the time it was groundbreaking it was like an ensemble version of all in the family uh like they have this one episode where the coach takes some of the players to this racist country club. Now, I grew up in a racist country club, so the, the episode... <laughs> no, I mean, it's like country clubs... Yeah, you're the, from Bel Air. Country clubs in the 70s and 80s were horrifically racist. And uh, they get out of the, um, the car to play, and Coolidge has on knickers, you know, those like... Yeah. Go- and Salami goes, hey, Coolidge, oh, nice... Salami and Coolidge? Yeah. 
So first of all, Salami ended up... I remember this show vaguely. I'm 71. Oh, you don't look it. Uh, Neither of us. I thought we were going to get some pictures with our shirts off down in your neighborhood. We could. Because I'm like... We're, we're anomalies. First of all, you, we've lived very, very different lives, but we've seemed to... You know, look, you hang out with comics and you got no kids. You've never been married. Uh, Josh said you're engaged now or something? Yes. Yeah. So, but you're 52 years old doing that, which your friends did 30 years earlier. And you took care of yourself mentally and physically. You look, you look, you look relatively 15 years younger. Yeah, I mean, when I, I mean, I do more voiceover acting now than acting, but... When I do go out for parts, I'm going out for the 35-year-old dad. Yeah, and your voice is on uh, a show called Jelly Bean? Uh, the Jellies the with jellies. Uh, Tyler, the Creator. Uh, yeah, I've watched it. Oh, Tyler, the Creator. I was hanging out with his sidekick last Lionel? night at Parisian. Yeah. Dude, Lionel's the Nicest kid. Dude, they're kids. Yeah. Which... He's so unassuming. He was, he was making small talk with me, and I'm trying to, like, just focus. First of all, I'm in a strip club with fucking side dick Eddie and George Perez last right. night. Packed out full of fucking... Look, it was out of control. It was it, it was a John Hughes movie. It was Animal House. I mean, uh, but that just goes to show you, and it's why I love Tyler. You know, a lot of people, when they hear me talk about roast battle, are like, dude, why are you so bitter? You know, you the show gave you a lot of things, and it's because... I wasn't treated well, but then I say, point to any interview, podcast, radio, whatever, where I talk about the jellies, and it's because I was treated so nicely, I always talk that show up, Yeah. because Tyler, the creator, and Lionel, and Carl Jones, who's like a legend in the voiceover world, there's a few... You hear please and thank you, hey, can you do that again, maybe, but this way, it's like... It was an, it's a, an amazing show to work on. But you're, you're in a community of selfish cunts. Oh, absolutely. You know? Like, I never... I was really... You know, I look at... I, I spent six years in London, England before I moved to L.A., and I got the shock of my life. I went to, like, 15 comics in my living room playing guitar on acid, uh, all singing songs, making each other laugh, partying together. Like, I'd heard it was in Hollywood in the 70s and 80s, I was living that in London, England in the early 2000s. So I show up here, we got to figure this, 13 years ago. Right. To fucking an empty comedy store. Yeah. Empty. Where I was like, uh-huh, does someone work here? <laughs> like, I didn't, everybody looked homeless in there to watch the rise of that and, and, and this situation that we're okay. in. It's still open. It hasn't fallen, but it's far from what it was Look at how many times did you have to walk on the road because the lineup was so oh, deep yeah. to get for a block to, to get up to the driveway to go through. Well, that's part of the reason. Like, obviously, I'm probably the most unknown guy on the lineups, but here is a guy with on four shows, four different networks, and he's still going on at 12:30. But what? what but the lineup is, uh, you know, Rogan, Russell, Peters, yeah. uh, Dalia, Callan. Well, it might not be that lineup anymore, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know uh, Sebastian, hey, Eliza, and that's what I say. They go, why do? How come you're not on the show uh, more often? I go because every the twenty guys before me are all millionaires and megastars. Yeah, I mean it, it's insane. Uh, Look at how many times did you have to? I remember seeing fucking Rick Rubin in the hallway. Oh, dude, it's like <laughs> the last three years, uh, it's been yeah. uh, like, you know, what you're a luxury that we had, though. I know there's some, oh, you Jesus know, Christ. some bullshit around town and stuff, but Lois is hanging a two tier coiler again. I will pick that up with my teeth. Lois, good for you, young lady. And you get your servant boy to pick it up. Hey, my buddy's got a fucking 150 pound Great Dane. I mean, I had uh, the drummer from Kiss, the great Eric Singer. He had at one point two 185-pound uh, Neop- Neapolitan Mastiffs. Uh, oh, hands-on. I hear a lot of these people that have herds of dogs and, oh, how great and hard work it is. And then I see that they got 13 people working under them, and each of them pick up shit. Eric uh, loved these dogs, and he cried more than when they died, Francesco and De Niro. Uh, than he did when his parents, uh, I think one of his parents passed. Uh, 
But I did the same thing. Like, my last dog I put down, I cried more than I did either of my parents done. So I don't know what that says about me, but, like... My buddy with the, with the Great Dane, he's, uh, you know... He goes, you hurt one animal. He goes, I could kill people with a hammer all day. You hurt one dog. It's just three, four Swedish girls. Taking a picture of the uh, hand. Wait when we get close enough to him. I got a for sure fire line. Oh, this is perfect. There. Watch yeah. this. Hold on. Hold on. To you people listening, this isn't going to mean anything. Yeah, that's amazing. You uh, you just inherited a billion dollars. That's crazy. Ah, well, sorry. Usually, sometimes it works. Yeah, you're in it. This is what oh, I got stuck before. Now I know you. You're a lot of your focus of your career is based in this city. Well, it had, boy, you're popular. Listen, people, other people, places I travel, and I'm I'm as international as you get. Uh, they know who you are. Well, I have a weird... I'm like the band Motorhead. Like, I should be more famous. Or, I don't know if famous is the right word. Legendary, but. though. I'd rather look at the Sweden. They have a saying called better infamous than unknown. Right. Yes. And uh, I'd do that. Like, I've been in the weirdest places. Like, uh, my fiancé and I, we went to a Nashville Predators game, which is the hockey team in Nashville. And I got recognized by, like, a lot, bunch of people. there. oh, you're from Roast Battle. And then I'll go into a uh, boxing store on Melrose, and the guy comes out and goes, I don't know you, but I know your voice. Because <laughs> my voice is very deep and baritone. Oh, you, you know what? You're very distinct. You're Hollywood. Well, I'm a weird-looking guy, too, because, uh, like, I'm not ugly. I'm not good-looking. I'm just, like, kind of nerdy got- chic. Yeah. Like, you're an interesting-looking guy. I the, birds of feather flock together. Yeah. We're both on the other ends of, you know, uh, music. Yeah, look at, you know, we're, our influences were larger-than-life characters. Well, it's... Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of the... I got into show business to be a, a wild individual. And you've achieved that. <laughs> Listen, well, look, okay, you're not a prude. You, you get it. Yeah, I mean, I've never drank or done drugs before, but I'm not. I've been in gangbangs. I've been in. Oh, I've never been uh, in a gangbang. Oh, it's crazy. I've hosted them. Hello. It was a family reunion. It started off. This is where um, I get cryotherapy at Nextel. Oh, really? Oh, so I should talk into the mic. Yeah, I go in there to. You sit in the refrigerator for like three really? and a half minutes. That's amazing. Is it like 70 bucks? Uh, well, it's like a membership type place, so it's it's like a hundred bucks a month or something. That's not bad. And how many of those sessions do you do? Uh, you know, uh, a few times a week. Yeah, and what do you get? Just uh, inflammation? Yeah, you Rogan got me into yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I have a torn ACL in my right leg, so it gets really sore sometimes. Um, but it pays, I think, to look like us, because how many super, super good-looking people do you see be successful in stand-up. I can think of Matt Broussard, and that's about it. And I'm talking about guys. Yeah, and you know, the guys... Yeah, I know. First of all, no one wants to see anybody comfortable on stage. Well, it's, you know, it's a tough thing, because, you know, you take... Bill Burr sat on a chair and did his act. No one would pay attention. Yeah, he's a... He's <laughs> not, it's not that he's a bad-looking guy, but he's just, like, a regular-looking dude. Like, Matt Broussard is so good-looking... This is the dumping ground. Stand-up comedy doesn't have a union or any of that shit. This is the dump. That's why you get all the fucking, what do you call them, gladhanders? Like Palmers and Palmers. Gary gladhanders. Gary gladhanders. So there's, there's a, a, a lot more of that here. Like, well, I'm run into this in Nebraska or Chicago. Well, here, like, in Nebraska, there's probably one hot-looking chick who... Who can get her? Uh, who can get her way? But then that hot-looking chick says, "Oh, I get everything I want. I'm going to go to L.A. get everything I want there." And then uh, yeah. should we go over here? Yeah. Oh shit. But what they don't understand is out here, you've got every good-looking girl from New York, from Montana, from you know Edmonton. Crabs in a bucket. Yeah. So they don't get what they want out here because they're now they're not the hottest-looking chick in the city they're like there's literally 
thousands. <laughs> I live at the bottom of Runyon. So it's a whole parade, all day, every day, forever. Well, yeah, it's like, look at Pam Anderson. It's kind Canadian, of a very similar story. Well, Vancouver. Yeah, she got a football game. A BC Lions game, I think. She was... In the crowd. Yeah, they called her to the booth, and everyone ran trains on her until Tommy said no. But it worked out for her, but I'm sure even at a certain point, she gets a little older, and then it's like, um, oh, well, she's not the hot young blonde anymore. There's 500 in the city who look like a younger version of her. People loved her as a person. They pulled a fair faucet on her ass and just like, look, who doesn't love... Who are we talking about? Pam Anderson. Pam Anderson. Who doesn't love Pam Anderson? Well, it's very similar in the world of pro wrestling. I know it's a huge jump from, like, hot Is she shit. the gold dust of... We could talk wrestling, because I'm from a wrestling town. But she's like Hulk Hogan, you know. Hulk Hogan, when he started to get a little older, maybe not quite as big, he said, all right, dude, you're out of the Ultimate Warriors in. Uh, he didn't quite have the personality of Hulk Hogan. So they brought back Hogan. But yeah, they always. But those stars were so big that even though they knew that if they disappeared, that their return would be epic. In some cases, in Hogan's case, you could bring him back seven hundred times. People still pop for it. Sting, uh, uh, you know, did Snooker die recently? Yeah, well, Sting's that perfect guy. Uh, you know, obviously when he had the flat top and he was Surfer Sting, he was like two hundred. Well, him and Warrior, they broke into the business together. Yeah. Uh, but and how and literally didn't break. They kicked the fucking door. Ultimate War. I thought wrestling was kind of over. Ultimate Warrior single-handedly gave WWEF wrestling at that time uh, probably another year of interest. Oh yeah, two well, years of interest. He was like Bon Jovi on roids. Yeah, he was. He was like Bon Jovi. He did have a gray head of hair, yeah. and the bandanas were uh, all over the place. Well, and his uh, promos, which made absolutely zero sense, people still talk about them 40 years later. Now, i got to ask you this, and I know you know your, 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 your attention to the wrestling minutia. What kind of, like, did, was the, the movie with uh, Mickey Rourke... Very believable. ...based off of The Ultimate Warrior? I think it was funny, in the premiere... I sat next to Rowdy Piper, who I did not know at the time, and it affected him. He was crying right next to me. Really? So I would... Uh, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck is that, man? Someone, someone took his shit next to a bagel. There's <laughs> some good food out here. There's a meatball with only nine flies on it. Um, then we just saw it look like a turd on a bench with a, a bed of rice under it. Now, do you know how many uh, comics used to live in this? I know this Ari is lives a, right here. Ari Stephen yeah. is easy. Uh, I don't want to. I know this is a uh, audio only podcast, but we're walking by Pink you guys. Dot. Pink Dot. It's, but next to Pink Dot is a vacant field where it was legendary uh, in terms of what comics. All right, lived. name them. Well, really just two. <laughs> Ari Shafir, uh, Steven Azizi, Eric Marino's went on to become a successful writer. And I'm sure yeah, a couple... They bought Ari out, I remember, like 10 years ago. They, go they bought Eric out. Okay. Maybe Ari, too. Yeah. Uh, I think you got some sort of settlement of sorts. But, which uh, is a great racket because, like... You're a block from the comedy store on Sunset Boulevard. You're on Prime Sunset. I mean, literally, we are on the, like... Viper Room's that way. Comedy Store is that way. But like, this, what else do you need? This whole hotel was just kind of a dirty building. I remember it. Because uh, I used to take chicks in the parking lot behind it. Hello! How many people have you fucked on this street? Quite a few. Yeah, like up against a wall and shit. All consensual. Like a guy who gets a blowjob with his hands on his hips. Do you put your hands on your hip when you get sucked off? Hips, lips, or fingertips. <laughs> The uh, line from Al Pacino and cruising, which is oh, a gr- great uh, haunted me. The stabbing in the bed when he binds that guy's legs and feet up and starts knifing him. Well, and they uh, I couldn't come. It's a great. Uh, it's very expensive in here. Do you want something to drink? I'm thirsty. Yeah, but you know what? Can we're, we pause? We're gonna pause for a break. Oh, can we? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then. Uh,
Oh, we're back. Thanks for the uh, chocolate ice cream taco. That's pretty open-ended, though, isn't it? Especially in my building. Uh, <laughs> what would a uh, chocolate ice cream taco look like in your building? Uh, about eight inches between two hot dog buns. Uh, <laughs> With a shit-covered cock? I mean, I'm so used to uh, seeing sex every night on my street in the alley. Uh, nothing phases me at this point. I mean, uh, isn't the locals kind of fed up with these sex uh, tourists that show up and think that they're going to uh, just treat it like a toilet and then leave? Well, that's back when the nightclubs were happening. Uh, but a lot of people would come to the comedy store to hook up because I always told people, yeah. like the Laugh Factory and Improv, they're comedy clubs. Uh, the comedy store the last couple of years has been like a nightclub with a comedy on a stage yeah. uh, I mean it's uh, it's like you know because it has three showrooms it's got I think three bars how many comedy clubs have three separate bars <laughs> and, including the one in the very back yeah yeah uh, which is like the VIP room I guess uh, yeah so uh, it's done uh, a lot of hot chicks come and then the dudes come and then whatever happens happens yeah it does that that patio bar and i almost look at tuesday nights were becoming the saturday night yeah because tuesday night you had usually rogan would do a, a rogan and friends so the lineup was just insane i mean he doesn't know open micers uh and then you'd have Roast Battle upstairs, which was packed, and, you know, Jeff Ross would bring in, like, John Mayer and Dave Chappelle, and, and then, then everyone would wait for Chappelle to go on, and then the OR lineup was, like, people like me, unknown but funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and then the patio was, you know, uh, touring comics like you, who's hanging out or whatever on an so off night. show up. Yeah, Russell Peters would just show up, and... Yeah, Russell. No, it was very exciting. <laughs> yeah, we, I remember when I saw you at the Christmas party. Yeah, well, that was like a prison yard. I mean, you had the white, all his white friends in one area. Um, <laughs> you had, like, his rapper friends in, like, another area. And then you had, like, the, the I don't know, the uh, other area, like the Indians, the, you know, like, everyone else. Uh, but everyone was cool. It was just, like, it was just, when I That's first, how Canadians roll. But I, when they, I, Russell's influence on the environment is like your American sensibilities of segregation. You've been so conditioned by it. When when we're out, we're out as a group. But it was so funny to me because I remember, you know, first of all, his house is amazing. That looks pretty sick, though. Sorry to interrupt, though. I just saw that video screen for the first time, and there's water splashing that looks, dude, it looks like a diamond. I mean, yeah, we're talking about the condos across the street from the store. Uh, wow. But, I mean, look at now. I hate doing this when I know people can't see it, but let's walk up and, and look down. It's a massive complex. Yeah. You, you think it's just this building. Yeah. First of all, that was the House of Blues. Yeah. Five years ago? Uh, eight years ago. I think the very last show there was Roast Battle Season 2, which is crazy that That's in right. such a legendary music venue that the last show there was roast battle uh but and, look how look how big this place is yeah i know it was deep i remember when they were digging that hole we were like what the fuck how many you know how deep that's gonna be about four floors down five yeah floors down. and to show you like i just looked at a house in the valley for four and a half million dollars uh i can't afford it but i still wanted to look at it like the top condo in there with no yard, probably an average size place is four and a half million dollars. So it's pretty wild. And at a time where there's nothing going on. Well, so it's you a got front row seats to dog shit. Yeah. Well, it's a great place, a great time to buy a house because uh, everyone who bought houses a year ago with loans can't afford them. What's this? Oh, what? This is a butt plug. Hey, whatever. <laughs> we're uh, we're here. We're outside the comedy store with Earl uh, doing an episode of Safe. Where we were just talking. Oh shit! Yeah, but it's empty. <laughs> this is what I fought thirteen years to fight for. Yeah, 
This this little prison yard. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, I mean it's crazy. It's a weird. Uh, you can hear it echo now. I recognize this. All the photos that we've taken out here with that red light yeah. on our faces. Well, it's yeah. just crazy. Uh, like even on Monday. Oh shit! Sorry. Sorry, miss. Uh, Lois just snapped at someone. Really? Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. Lois, come on, man. You get me fucking sued out here. Yeah, right I saw I saw a guy get his leg bit by a security guy's uh, dog about that size uh, by the security gates. Well, and Lois, uh, hey, we got Jay Light here. Let's do a dual oh, shit! What's up, dude? How are you, brother? Nice hey, buddy, nice you. to see you. What are you doing here? Oh, I was just talking to Moses about some, uh, some roast battle stuff. Oh, shit. Yeah. Good things. Who still battles, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Nobody right now. I'm, I'm not like. Yeah, what's the ranking? <laughs> Who gives a fuck about rankings? COVID's at 19. <laughs> but people battles. still line up battles? I think they're trying to. They're changing it up because they want to do something different. Like what? Have them be funny? Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, dude. you're right, though. Bring, no, I'm, I'm so just we kidding. Bring, we want to bring back the originals. <laughs> Back like you. Uh, you might have to wait a while for me, dude. Uh, I, I want Ross. He wants the Ooh. battle, and uh, I think he knows where the first four jokes would go. Okay. True. I want the big fish, unlike that <laughs> pussy Eli in New York. The who, head, the tail, the whole goddamn fish. Who battles his fucking friends? He knows he can beat. I want Jeff Ross. Well, you know, if you debate, you need to bring if you're talking to battle Jeff. A 16-year-old? Yep, there you go. Right. Jeff, I'm just kidding. I love you. <laughs> Even though I've never been invited to the school parties. Uh, you got to dress younger. Uh, let me call Madison Sinclair and see what kind of works for her. Her selling build the bears I really... Keep me posted. I probably would only battle him, but uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. Never right. say never, dude. I was nice to run into a comedian at a comedy club. That's about as Saturday night as we had in six months. One of the good ones here. We just said hello to Jay Light. I don't know what uh, was picked up on the audio, but uh, yeah. this is it. Do we go man. back? We're, uh, we're walking in the back. But, yeah. Uh, I think Fuck. Did. I know. Dude, we're walking down the side of the comedy store. We're, look at, remember the cars? About a billion dollars worth of sports cars. Remember, the, you, I think we were here that night with Tiffany and Russell yeah. and, and Bill and, and uh, Rogan yeah, and, and mine, you know. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. I remember Rogan being uh, obsessed isn't the right word, but he was um, enamored with my car because I have a Dodge Hellcat. And, uh, you know, that's one of the, it might be the fastest street legal car uh, out there with nothing I done was, to it. I was looking at the 2020. I, and I was going to do a Hearst out of it. A Hellcat Hearst? That I mean, was hey, sick, right? Uh, they have Hellcat Jeeps now. Uh, but uh, so I had a, it's probably the coolest conversation I've ever had with Joe was just about cars. Yeah. I'm too scared to talk comedy with him because uh, I figure everyone does that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've been around each other for 15 years. Well, I just put myself in his position, or I oh, try to, like, Okay, everyone probably Good. talks UFC with them. First of all, I've had a, a few handshakes and hellos, and I know that that's, that's a large effort for somebody who's been clawed. At, look, at, you know what? It, I've had panic attacks hanging out with Russell because, it, yeah. you know, he, and it's, it's an unnerving thing when you just feel people climbing around. Well, he even asked me one night. It's not their fault. Well, I mean, I'm too respectful of people, yeah. which is weird. Even Dice told me the other day, he's like, dude, you got to start asking for stuff. No one's going to give it to you. Because I told him the story of one time. Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. Uh, we're, we, I mean, we're not like best friends, but we text every now and then. I was lucky enough to get picked to do his blue show. Right, on Showtime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the best. Because yeah. uh, I told him the story of one time in the kitchen, Joe and I are talking, I think about my ACL injury. And he just looks at me and goes, it's time you come on the podcast. And he gives me his phone number. He says, call me tomorrow. We'll talk to Jamie. And I'm like, I never called him. Called who? Joe. You never did? No, he told me to. Like oh. he said, 
I thought, oh. it's time you come on the pod. Yeah. And I remember having a panic attack. As I'm talking to him about as close as we are. And I'm like, okay, don't act too excited. Just take the number. And I must have stared at that number for days going, I don't want to be disrespectful. Jump in the deep end, man. It's too late now. I was like, Yeah, it is ago. what it is, you know, but, but always jump off. You're not going to drown. Well, you know... I just got scared. Like, oh my god, what if he forgets? What if he? Uh, and so, dude, I I would uh, I wouldn't have, you know. He's always amazing to me, and I think it would be a great episode just because I'm sure we talk comedy and, and my bitterness with roast battle, but you know the Kennedy connection, and he likes to deep dive. Into, yeah. So, uh, but you know, yeah, I've heard people say terrible things to you about your family tree, especially the one the girl was hanging from. Hello. When you? Well, I've had a lot of suicide in my family. Uh, they my just cousins. found my half sister dead in uh, an apartment about a week ago. I'm sorry, man. I mean, it's like, yeah. uh, you know, I often think of Brody and like, damn. Oh like, fuck! Why didn't you call someone, dude? Like, you know, I mean, hey, he was supposed you. to do my podcast that day. Just call me, say, hey, I can't. I was supposed to do the Sycamore Tavern with him. Well, I was on the flyer. That's why I, I remember him, so. looking. I know that's what somebody said at the gig. <laughs> they go, he rather, Brody rather off himself than do another. The sycamore was terrible. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it looked like a New York City comedy club. It I should mean, be on fire, but it was terrible in L.A. And I love Trevor, uh, who's the, uh, I guess, the, not the owner, but the runner of it. Yeah. Uh, now it's closed, but. Uh, the lineups were pretty bad usually, uh, outside of Triple E's shows. Yeah. And maybe, you know, I, I did one where it was like, open mic after open mic after open mic. I was like, dude, I, any normal Terrible. audience member who was at this show tonight will never come back. No, uh, no phone for that. And the fact that they, some of them you had to pay a fee. To yeah. But so. I, yeah, that's a bad one. Well, you look at this, I mean, obviously it's the comedy store, but like what brought this show back were the lineups. Yeah. You know, Rogan, Joey, uh, uh, you know, Theo Vaughn, Jason Galern, uh, even the lesser-known comics like myself and, you know, people like you and, and, and uh, Nicole Amy and Jessica Michelle. Like, even the unknown comics are good here. Uh, but You had to. Or you would suffer a terrible death of bombing after oh. somebody that actually oh skills to pay the bills. I had to follow Joey Diaz one night, and it's like... You know, I probably had the best set I ever had because I was like, okay, they they didn't want to hear, uh, uh, you know, hey, anyone from out of town? <laughs> yeah, but you can hit that ball. Well, you know I, what I mean. I think it's I, in your. It's you got it, it, nothing. Uh, there's look at you two are completely different animals. Well, I have a great line. Whenever I have to follow someone famous, I would say it after Russell. If I ever had to follow him, which we probably wouldn't be near each other on the lineup. Let's be honest. Uh, any. You've opened for him. Uh, no, I, I never have. Okay. Um, but if I had to follow Russell for I whatever. I see at the house enough to figure, thought that you were at least oh, had one of those. No, no. I mean, he's another one that said, hey, uh, why don't you open up for me sometime? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't want to step on Jason or uh, uh, Yoshi. Stones. I do. We, I Yoshi, we do care. like, we don't care. But like, that's me. Like, I just. What is that? Like, it's just being raised too nice. To I not think be, you're like partly Canadian, are you? By penetration. Hello. Uh, talk to the Victoria in Edmonton. Ba 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 ba. Uh, oh, did you fuck somebody in Victoria, or Victoria in Edmonton? In Edmonton. Hello. Who fucks a girl in Edmonton? They're disgusting. Oh, yeah, comic. <laughs> uh, funny thing is, I was uh, met this hockey player who's a fan of mine came to the show and he wants to go hang out. Uh, he wants to go hang out. Oh, are we going? Yeah, yeah, oh, well, did you fart? No, 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 we're oh. just walking. Oh, okay. Uh, and he's like, hey, let's hang out and get beers. I'm like, brother, man, I got some business to take care of. I'm a fan of yours, too, but we can do this another time. <laughs> uh, are we going back home? No, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll uh, cut down and across. Oh, okay. I just uh, wanted to use this point of reference is the kind of like the, the, the center of the uh, Bermuda Triangle that has kind of been ruling our lives for over a decade. Well, it's so hard to explain the comedy store. Uh, it's or watch the documentary on Showtime. Oh, I'm not in it, so I'm not watching it. So, uh, <laughs> I, was a little, I was a little upset I wasn't in it. Yeah. I hold grudges, so that's, yeah. that's more me than anything. No, anybody. I listen to your show, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
you, you, uh, there's monologues on your crutches. Well, but I keep it real. Like, I, I have, you know, and I went on my friend Alex Hooper's podcast. Um, he's got a great podcast called Achilles Heel. I don't know if he does it anymore. Uh-huh. But it's, what's your weakness? And mine is holding grudges. And uh, I hold grudges for other people. Like, uh, I hold grudges. I spoke out about statutory rape in the L.A. comedy scene long before Me Too. And it was for... I was speaking up for some of the girls who I don't even talk to anymore and, uh, you know, probably yeah. wasted, wasted my time on that. But No, no, definitely not a waste of time. Well, but, like, I'm but you dated But you dated female comics that were probably first-person stories that you were getting. Oh, absolutely. I, I know. Look, I don't date any of these fucking people. Smart move. I mean... I don't fuck with any of these chicks ever, 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 ever. And, but, uh... But it's all I'm around. Like, I'm not around lawyers and doctors. I'm around comics. Yeah. Uh, Most of them are fucking idiots. Uh, well, uh, you know, my problem was... Just general tact and couth and, and respect. Well, outside of that, yeah. uh, I, uh, I'm an old... I mean, you know, I'm 52, so I'm around... You know, the comedy store is a young, younger comedy crowd. And obviously a lot of young comics want to get in there. So they look up to me like, oh, this guy's... like for- Got a huge dick. I do. Nine to the left. I said huge dick and then banged you in the face. That's how big my dick hit the mic and went uh, nine to the left. Under my elbow. But, uh, ten in the right hands. Um, so uh, I get a lot of younger comics who look up to me. Oh, he's on TV enough. Uh, he's successful enough that where I should hang out with him. So uh, that's a weird one, right? But you know, when you're single, it's like, yeah. I mean, uh, oh, you're talking from the female perspective. Well, no, I'm talking from my perspective. It's like, yeah. I mean, I, I any number above 18, I'm okay with. So, uh, I mean, as comics, that's the one thing we can't do is fuck a girl under 18. Everything else is on the table. I think I think it's against the law to fuck anybody yeah, under 18. Yeah, there's a little thing called the law. Uh, but you know, some comics. Who wants, first of all. Who the fuck wants to fuck 18? 18 year olds don't want to fuck 18 year olds. Not the ones I meet. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you that much right now. It's the 19 year olds that are the rough ones. Uh, I hate teenagers. Well, but I think as comics, and really as humans, I don't want to get too deep here, you want what you can't have. Oh, it's a sense of entitlement, it's a greedy mentality. It's that You're trying to hog all the hold of yourself, you fucking degenerate fucks. But it's like when my uh, parents, we had, uh, we lived in a pretty big house, and we had a lot of fireplaces, and I was obsessed with fire. It just transfixed me. I, I love fire. I just stare at it. It's very yeah, peaceful. me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe the fumes kind of zin you out. I can see Satan beckon me it's from the weird. brimstone. But uh, my mom would always tell me, Earl, don't touch the fire. So what do you think I wanted to do the most? Touch the fire. Uh, and I think when you tell, especially... You're a rebel. Well, not really, but like... I Hail think, Satan. Say it with uh, me. What are you, Richard Ramirez? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I took a summer camp program, and all I came out was with a knife wound in my back. Dude, I uh, started singing ACDC songs. Uh, well, that, I was in L.A. for that, like the Night Stalker. Yeah, who is your favorite serial killer? Um, well, I guess Ted Bundy, because he liked chicks. Yeah. But you got to give some, like, a nod to guys that bang gay guys who bang dead heads. I mean, me and Buffalo Bill had similar tastes in women. Uh, yeah. I want to do my dream podcast. <laughs> you Buffalo Bill. <laughs> Earl Skakel. Me and Buffalo Bill. Have the same taste in women. I might quit comedy if I could get him to do this. I want the actor who played Buffalo Bill. His name's Ted Levine. Great actor. Oh, he's... It's got to be a, a cop series now, isn't he? Or, he was uh, in Monk. He was in the De Niro movie Heat. Yeah. But it's got to be a bummer for him that he's known as... Everyone wants to talk about Buffalo Bill. Yeah, well, you... It's like... It's like... Uh, what's his nuts from uh, Skywalker? Right. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's, that's, that's his, uh, but, you know, you could be Jimmy Walker. 
But I, oh, no, a dynamite. Yeah. Uh, but I want to do a podcast with Buffalo Bill only as Buffalo Bill. Like There's I want paparazzi literally walking towards us. Uh, it's I, paparazzi. He's like, hey, weren't you in roast battle? What <laughs> the fuck? Uh, but I think that would go viral if he did the interview in character as Buffalo Bill. So, Bill, yeah. what have you been up to the last couple of years? Oh, nothing. What, what would... You would be over the moon if Buffalo Bill pulled his dick out in your living room. Well, no, we're not going to get into character roles. But oh, I thought you wanted him to do the whole thing. No, I just want him to talk like him. Oh. Fuck. Jeff Richards will do it. No, I've already had him on the couch once. <laughs> I see him, like, a couple times a month. See, he's back in the hamster cage behind the comedy store. No, the Laugh Factory. The Laugh Factory. Uh, yeah, no, Jeff's like he, he's an intimidating guy uh, in the sense of great impressions. Not more famous. Yeah. Like, uh, great comic. The impressions are probably. It's probably not showering. Well, I think he's burned bridges, but, you know, it's like. <laughs> hey, know. he was. He was on SNL. Look, that's and a win. TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's but, a win like, at he, the same time, right? He should have. Uh, I think he uh, burned bridges. And, you know, in this business. Uh, I've seen it a lot where, um... Oh, yeah. Well, Canada, that's why there's no bridges to burn in Canada. The whole thing's on fire anyway. But, I mean, like, you gotta know, stay in your lane. Like, I talk a little shit, but, like, it's about people who can't hurt me, my career. Yeah. I think he, you know, I know of a radio DJ out here, I won't say his name, but... He was huge in the 80s in L.A. He's yeah. basically... I've been on his show. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't want to say yeah, his yeah, name. Yeah. But, no, he's, uh, t- he's told me that. But, like, he was yeah. Howard Stern... Ah, fuck it, Fraser Smith. Yeah. Uh, no, he's public enough about it. L.A. legend. Yeah, uh, and honestly, not the person I know. Uh, like, he's the sweetest, nicest Oh, guy. yeah, he's awesome. Uh, but I think... He was very disappointed when he found out I know fuck all about hockey. Yeah, yeah, he's... he's oh, Canadian hockey. No, sorry, I well, don't. Well, you're like, you know, some people, a lot of Canadians moved to Florida, and then they figure, well, the Panthers and the Lightning will sell out. And it's like, no, all these Canadians moving to Florida hate hockey. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. They're trying to get away from the, the cold temperatures. Yeah, trying to get away from fucking hockey. Yeah. But, de-hosered uh, themselves. Frazier was like Howard Stern yeah. before Howard Stern, really. And, you know, I think he's been open about his, uh, his love of all things booger sugar. Uh... And so he burned a few bridges, probably told the radio. That's awesome, though. Come on. It is, but you got to know your lane. Yeah, but you do it. That's an 80s move. He, like, he, was, he got swept up. Look, at, there's a lot of guys high on cocaine in the 80s telling their bosses to go fuck themselves. Yeah, but like you. A lot. They made movies out of it. It's like when I talk shit about Roast Battle and how bad I was treated and I speak out about how Comedy Central treated me. Uh, obviously, I would love to get on Comedy Central. But, it's done. But I mean, like, uh, if they haven't used me by 52, the pro- the uh, probability is they're probably never going to use me again. So they're not. By me speaking out, I'm not hurting my chances. I'm probably not helping them to be honest. First of all, fuck everybody. You should come to my program for a while. But dude, you need some people to be in your corner. No, I don't. Well, I do. Don't. Let's see if we can do Yeah, we're doing this. Come on, Lois. Don't stop for a six dump. Here we come. Walking down. Didn't the Charles Manson audition for the monkeys? It's possible. No, it's true. I like this music, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. Guns uh, N' Roses did a cover. Yeah, the spaghetti uh, incident. They did, uh, I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was all Charles Manson covers, but... No, one song. Do you know how uh, that came about? Didn't, uh, no, I don't. Refresh my memory. Marilyn Manson was a journalist, and he was interviewing Guns N' Roses, and they got in discussion about Marilyn's project, Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids, and that they were planning on covering a Charles Manson song. And Assel had taken that and decided to do his own Charles Manson uh, Marilyn Manson did My Monkey, and I don't know what was the... Because I'm not a Roses fan. Like, I, I only like their hits. Like, I see them in concert. Yeah, they're whenever. anthems. Because in concert, it's pretty spectacular. 
Uh, what, to watch Buckethead do a 20-minute guitar solo so they can show up 90 minutes late? That's a guy who doesn't give a fuck, Buckethead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but a, a virtuoso on the guitar. Yeah. Like. But that's the great thing about music. It's like Buckethead is probably technically a better player than Slash. But yes. no one wants to see Guns N' Roses with Buckethead. No offense to him. I'm obsessed with Buckethead because... Allison Chains pulled it off by the skin of their teeth. Well, I think when a member dies, it's you can... But how can a guy sustain... I don't know what the Stone Temple Violets guy's saying, but I heard he's going to stand in the back during the show. <laughs> well, I mean... Oh, yeah, he's not Scott Weiland. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean... Who died in Toronto on a tour bus after an interview. What a shock. Is that a lemon tree? Sorry, I'm Canadian and seeing citrus fruit... That's my new, we're talking about not living anywhere cold, is to, uh, um, I'll only live anywhere where oranges can grow. What's got into her? uh, When she's in the zone, dude. She's kind of snotty. Oh, she's a real bitch. (laughs) I mean, you saw her almost try and bite the... uh, Yeah, what was that? I think she's been kicked. Uh, Uh, So she's a little weird around the feet. She's cool with me. We're just oh, yeah. not buddied up, but uh, she's on her beat. She's got a beat. Yeah, I got to stop. Uh, we might have to pause it in a second. I got to buy some Powerball tickets. What are you, a 70 year old fucking Jewish lady? Yeah, absolutely, dude. <laughs> if I win the Powerball, I'm going to buy the comedy store, and people are going to be like, why is Earl all of a sudden going on before Russell? <laughs> Even Russell. And why is only Russell and Earl on the show? Even Russell would be going, Earl? Uh, <laughs> Do you have a network deal? Nope. No, no, but you know, hey, fuck. All right, we're back. What did you get? Scratch tickets? No, I'll be it. Thank you. Fucking dick. Uh, sorry. Uh, Powerball, dude. It's like $200 million. Okay, but doesn't the government take 60% of that? Well, that's still 40% more than what I didn't have. So, how much money is it? $20 million? Uh, I don't care, dude. It's money. It's big business. Okay. It's my accountant, her? I want to know what you're going to do with the first, the first check. You're going to see me show up to the store in suicide doors. <laughs> yeah? Like, uh, uh, entourage? Hey, what's Russell doing here during open mic night? Oh, that's Skakel. <laughs> Would you just buy up the store? Would you just buy the store? Uh, no, but you wouldn't I wouldn't just fuck off and open up your own comedy club somewhere. No, what I would do is I would hire the number one publicist in comedy to get me gigs, baby. Earl, I charge five grand a week or a month. I, it was just what the guy charges. I'm like, guess what? You're getting ten grand a month. Make it happen, Gilroy. Yeah. That's what I would do. Well, what, I, but you don't. You're not willing. Look, what, this how do you visualize your your live tour? Like. When you do live gigs, do you sell yourself in the, the improvs across America? Sold out? Well, I probably fucked up because uh, after I did Roast Battle, that was like, I think... Because voiceovers are great. Like, to be on one of the... I'm talking stand-up. I know, but like... Vo- you can you can say you're the voice of... But it's better to be on a live show like Roast Battle... And I thought Unless after, you're on Family Guy or The Simpsons. Oh, that's or, different. Yeah. But I thought after Rick I... Yeah, Rick and Morty, uh, Bob's Burgers. Uh, yeah. And the Jellies is in that, I think, tier right below those. Uh, you know, well, just, what, like, so do, think, Would you roast, go on the road for a month doing theaters? I would. Uh, but I think after I beat Jimmy Carr, I thought, okay, Hollywood's just going to call me. Because he's like the number one... Him, Russell, and Rogan, I yeah. guess. Uh, okay, I beat him, so I'll get theater offers, and I just didn't parlay it. Uh, it seems like you just fucking... I'm not, you got opportunities, you never walked through the doors. Yeah, in some degrees, yes. I thought, okay, I'm on Comedy Central four nights and five days. Uh, after 13 years of nothing, uh, I should have been a little more proactive, but I wasn't, so I'm... Uh, I think if you grew up in a smaller town... With less resources, you probably would have been more aggressive. Uh, yeah, I in think your opportunities, it's possible. Um, I, uh, because when, after I beat Jimmy, 
It's like a war zone here. There's like 60 helicopters. I went even back to California for... Fuck? Yeah. Who's doing that? Inappropriate Orioles. street team. Oh, I saw that. I know you got a bunch of kids that are out there spreading well, the really. gospel of well, inappropriate Earl. Well, I would go out at 3 in the morning during the first few months of the pandemic and do my stencils and posters. You're kind of risking your life at the same time. Well, at 3 in the morning during the pandemic, the first few months, the only people, oh, sorry, the only people that are out are cops. So I would bring Lois as the perfect cover. So I've got a backpack with spray paint yeah. falling out of it, basically. We're recording. Uh, oh, I know. <laughs> well, it's not van. It'd be one thing if I was doing it in storefront windows. And but what's like. been the feedback of this kind of Banksy-style approach to DIY advertising? Now, Arles, somebody's been putting stencils on the sidewalks with your podcast logo on it. And posters all up and down Fairfax. Yeah. Well, I took my... Um, and people contacting you that are just out of yeah, the, the blue? Yeah, the store owner's going, fuck off. Uh, oh, yeah? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, she always goes up here. Uh, Is it a hang for her? We just went no, by... It's a your, dog store. It's a dog I'm not going to lie. Uh, I don't think it's really helped with the numbers. Okay. But I think it's good. Well, I started thinking, okay, what can I do during the pandemic? Once I figured out it was going to be relatively long, uh, that other podcasters slash comics aren't going to do. Are there protein shakes here? Uh, I think it's a money laundering place. They have shakes at the other place. Yeah. It's a Canadian company, Body Energy. Oh, okay. So I thought, well, I'm going to order some posters with my podcast. I had a really cool, I have a podcast cover art guy. Uh-huh. Andrew Stovkin from New Jersey. If you ever need, like, uh, posters or cover sure. art, he's the guy. Um, so you're self-promoting. I'm Podcast trying. is going good, well, but there's no live. Bad. There's no live stimulation, no. other than the people that you have in your living room. Uh, I did a few Zoom shows. They were awful. Oh, they're these terrible. terrible. These were my terrible. Zoom shows. Yeah, they're the worst. I mean, they're brutal. Uh, <laughs> the worst. It's like watching someone hold your kids underwater. It's just brutal, dude. I mean, like, I'm opening up for Rob Schneider next week. Oh, you got uh, a gig? One, well, he does these outdoor uh, drive-in shows. Yeah. Oh, I think I saw a promo for that. So you got a gig. Well, one gig. It's That's one a nine. gig. That's almost impossible now. Like, well, Rob's the best. Like, he's yeah. like Russell. Like, he just he takes care of his own and, uh, you know, like, he's done a lot for me. Uh, yeah, Tom Green has the same, their same manager. Tom Green and Rob Schneider are buddies. Uh, yeah, yeah, his, yeah. I think uh, Rob, Neil Hamburger, all those guys. Yeah, I think his brother John. Yeah, Rob's brother. Uh, so uh, you know, that's really the. Only, I did a gig last week in a baseball field. <laughs> it was pretty good. Dude, uh, I was doing park shows all summer in Canada yeah. for a thousand people on some turnouts. I mean, uh, my my next gig is going to be, I think, in April in Norway. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, in L.A. Uh, That's like helicopter number 57. Well, this is a weird neighborhood, like, because, and it's not so much the homeless, but in a way it is. Beverly Hills pushes the homeless east. You never see homeless people in Beverly Hills. And then the Russian Fairfax Jewish area, they push them west. So this area is like ground zero for like shenanigans. This, um, this part of the city is full blown sh- shenanigans. Shenanigans. Well, at night. Full blown? Should I say full blown? Yeah. I mean, uh, well, there's a weed store. Like here's like a weed full blown. store called the Artist Tree. It's really normal, I guess. I think it's almost time for protein shakes and marijuana. Well, there's a, well, why? Not? I told these guys to put Viagra in their protein shakes. Not in this neighborhood. They've got a thing called money and ass. You don't need Viagra. But uh, I think I get a drink. Do you want something? I'm good. I might go in here. Myself. You, gotta, you can go in. There only two people at a time. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to get some fuel and we'll be back shortly. Actually, you know what? Let's put a ribbon on this pig. Okay. And we can chill because we're a block from your house. What's going on? Earl Skakel. Your handles. You got a gig with uh, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider and Norco at a drive-in theater uh, next Friday, the twenty-seventh. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, at Earl Skakel, E A R L S K A K E L, on all social media, TikTok included. Oh, it's so gross. 
uh, and uh, Inappropriate Earls, the podcast. Yeah. Jason's been on it, and uh, just I mean, I don't have anything to plug. The cartoon, if you yeah. if you want to watch the cartoon, it's on Adult Swim. Stream the Jellies, and uh, you know, if you want to go on Comedy Central, I don't know who would want to do that. You can watch my battles on Roast Battle. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show, Earl. Dude, Jason's one of the good ones, so I know he already has a lot of fans, but to anyone who's listening to this, like my fans, because I'm going to retweet the shit, unlike other people who do my podcast and then don't retweet the fucking episode, and then two weeks later we'll go, gee, Earl, why are the numbers so bad? Maybe because you didn't promote the motherfucking episode. I mean, I had a comic. I won't say their name. Their last name rhymes with locks. He, he, he had a talk show on at the time, CBS. He does the podcast, and then... Uh, is he an older gentleman? Yeah, and then he's like, why They don't know. But, like, I, dude, I literally cut and pasted. I said, here, I'm going to write the tweet for you. Just say, hey, I was on Inappropriate Arrow, blah, blah, blah. Now, I have to tell you this before we wrap up. You see that guy in the ponytail? Yeah. See him? Yeah. He's a character actor, and he's in one of my favorite episodes of Miami Vice. So every time I see him, I'm like, hey, you got a residual check. Um, that, no, this is the great thing about, well, like, Hollywood is you can see a bad guy from Miami Vice yeah. at Starbucks. I was in a CVS in uh, Simmerman from 90210. Yeah. Um, She's had a sack. No, 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 the guy. Uh, oh, the Ian Zeering. Ian Zeering, yeah, and he still looked exactly the same. Talk about a guy who's holding out for a reunion show. <laughs> I love you all. I'm going to go get a burrito. <laughs> I don't care what society thinks. Good or nothing anyway.